Help us in the way, Davy. Great, Scott. I feel need, need for speed. Cowabunga, dude. You're a wizard, Harry. Welcome to the When Harry Met Movies podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Harry Met Movies podcast. My toast and dad, dad. Hey, Harry, how are you? Good. So for this week's episode, we are joined Back by a special... look. Yeah, on, on Zoom. Um, oh, not Zoom. We are joined by a special guest. Uh, should we call you Dr. Sam Summers? Yeah, if you want. I, I don't insist that everyone calls me doctor, but I do insist that don't call me mister. So That's fair enough. Um, so Sam is one of the co-hosts of Disneyversity podcast. If you haven't listened to it, it's a great podcast where they basically chronologically talk about all the Disney films. Um, he's an animation lecturer. He's an author, technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah not technically. Yeah, he's got a book on Amazon. Okay, I'm getting it. He's looking around for it now. <laughs> I'm seeing if I've got one at hand since we're on video, you know, but I, I can't. I don't think I've got one. What's it I called? It's called, oh, God, everyone always asks. I knew he was going to say this. <laughs> it's called DreamWorks Animation, colon, Intertextuality and Aesthetics in Shrek and Beyond. And no, there's definitely not one in the room, unfortunately. But there could be one in your room if you're willing to spend, I think it's like 70 quid or something. It's like expensive because okay. it's okay. academic press. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all right. Link in the <laughs> You've sold that there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 if, if you were a university student, it might be very useful for your writing, for your essays. Um, but it's not. Oh, no. You know what? It's good for everybody. Go out, buy it. <laughs> I'm not a salesman. This is up to you to remember. To put a link in the description. I'll, there you go. I'll, I'll put, remind you. Um, put in so, yeah, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your podcast. Tell us about how you became came about doing what you do. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, yeah, Sam Summers. I, uh, I'm a lecturer in animation. That is my job. But I'm a lecturer in animation history and theory, so I can't actually draw uh, well, not well, certainly, and I definitely can't animate, but I am supposedly an expert in the history of animation and someone who spends a lot of time thinking about how animation works, the different ways that animation can create meaning and what, um, you know, how I, I teach my students how to approach creating animation from a kind of theoretical re research-based perspective to try and make them better animators by teaching them about everything that everyone else has already done um and I, I yeah I just I kind of fell into it sort of by accident because I did I did a degree in English and then I was one of those people who was like I don't really know what to do with a degree in English could I just stay in university forever and it turns out yes I could but I could also stop reading novels which I was very bored of by the end of the degree and start writing about something I actually cared about, which was cartoons. So I did a PhD and uh, yeah, got a series of, of teaching jobs and now I'm a lecturer. And um, I've had Disney University podcast is more exciting though. So that, that is something that you have to pay nine grand a year to come and be in one of my classes, but you can download Disney University for free. So that's myself and Ben Travis, who's a film journalist, for Empire Magazine, and we are going through every Disney feature animated film in order um, from Snow White up until the present day. And we have just done Fantasia 2000, 
Um, and we what we do is we'll break it up into like seasons, which is based around different eras in the history of the studio. And a lot of people think of the 1990s as being what's called the Disney Renaissance. So it's an era where these movies became a lot more commercially and artistically successful than they maybe had been in the past. And Fantasia 2000 is kind of the end of that era in, in multiple ways. So that's where we're at. We're on a little bit of a break at the minute and eventually we'll be coming back um, hopefully sooner rather than later with Dinosaur. Have you? Is it recently you just did a live episode or are you doing it coming up? Well, we're doing we, Shrek, aren't you? We are doing Shrek, yeah. That's my plug. If I'm plugging anything on the podcast, it's um, obviously listen to the podcast, but please come and see us do a, a, a special episode on Shrek live at King's Place in London. Um, so you. if you just google disneyversity shrek it'll come up straight away or you can go to kingsplace.co.uk and that's part of the london podcast festival and shrek's obviously not a disney film but it's an important part of the disney story um because it was produced by a guy called jeffrey katzenberg who was one of the big names at disney during the 1990s but left uh in a very bitter dispute and Shrek is often seen as his way of like getting back at Disney and it kind of worked and Disney had to change what they did in response to Shrek, trying to top it or trying to outdo it or trying to make films that avoided the criticisms that Shrek had leveled at Disney films. So it is a big part of the Disney story, even though they didn't make it. Um, so that's why we're doing that as our live episode. So yeah, kingsplace.co.uk. Um were listed under comedy, <laughs> which is uh, is interesting. That, that's that's how people view us. Okay, we are funny. We try to be. Um, yeah. So that's 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 in London, and that is on Saturday the ninth of September. So if you enjoy this, listen to Disney Versity, and if you enjoy that, buy tickets for our live show. See, it sounds terrible, but I listen to your show when I go to sleep. So it's not that yeah. you, it's just that I listen to certain podcasts at certain times of the day and you're someone who's like it's kind of quite informative but quite relaxing and not like I've got podcasts like that. I've got podcasts I mean, like, that I listen to when I go to sleep. Every night I kind of cough or fall asleep at some point and then I go back the next night to a bit where I know I was roughly. Yeah. I and then so I put one episode probably takes me about ten listens because if it's like an hour and a half, I can fall asleep to twenty. That's minutes. good because it gets our numbers up. I was gonna say, yeah. But a few people have said that. I think we do have kind of, certainly Ben has a very soothing voice, um, very relaxing voice. I'm a little bit louder, maybe, and a little bit, um, I don't know, <laughs> a little bit more grating, I would think. But, but you know, there's certain podcasts where the hosts are always like, hey, hello, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, and yeah. I, I can't be doing with that when I'm going to sleep. It's got to be something pretty chill. So... I've, I've actually a side question. Obviously, you're doing Disney University. What happens when you finish the films? Oh, have you thought about the next step? We have thought about it. Pixar is is on the short list of, of things oh, to do. It's, it's pretty high up the short list, to be quite honest. But it's not it's not 100. Um, but yeah, we we will keep going and we will keep doing more films if if we ever finish this podcast because it it's it's taken us a while to get to where we are. Yeah, but it's a lot. It's a lot of films as well, isn't it? It's like what is it? Fifty something. It's it's sixty. It's oh. sixty. The next one. No, hang on. It's sixty one, I think. And there's isn't one dinosaurs. A weird one where it falls. Some yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to do some work on that because yeah. in America, dinosaur counts as part of the number, but in the UK, it doesn't. Um, 
So I need to figure out why. That's part of my mission for the next episode of the podcast. I need to figure out why that is because I, I can't find any information about it on the internet. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like Disney. Have Surely Disney just up. decided whether it is or it isn't. Dinosaurs just won the films, which I think failed with Disney because I've not seen it for ages. Yeah, but there was movies that did a lot worse and are counted as part yeah. of the numbering. So, sure. but it's in, in America, the next one they're about to release is 62, which is Wish in November. In the UK, I think that'll be 61. So, but anyway, we'll, we'll be doing all of them. Um, so, yeah, we're over halfway through now, though, I think. Um, yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll reach the end eventually, and then we will move on to a different body of work. Uh, he wants us to do Pixar films every week, yeah. so oh, we, yeah. haven't one yet. we haven't actually done a Disney film cartoon either. Oh. But, uh, to be honest, part of the reason is because like your your show does it. We're crushing it, yeah. And it's like, it was like, well, it's kind of just doing the same as you do, but in a different way. Um, and the whole concept of our show was that it was films that Harry hadn't seen. Right. Yeah. So. He he grew up watching Disney and Pixar films, so yes, she put them on for me. Yeah, so it was kind of like, well, he's already seen them, so it kind of takes the edge off the show because yeah, the interesting bit is when he hasn't seen a film, yeah, or doesn't remember seeing it because he might have seen one when he was quite young, yeah, yeah. And it's it's you um yeah. reacting to it, isn't it, for the yeah. first time? Are you going to do like Pixar and Disney films because they both made films together, aren't they? Because yeah, well, Pixar's part of Disney, as well, yeah. Isn't it? But then it wasn't briefly, was it? Was yeah, they've made right? like films together. I think like Finding Nemo is one which they both made together. And Cars, it's, I think. It used to be for a long time that Pixar was an independent company and they yeah. made their films themselves, but they were distributed by Disney. And yeah. then around the mid 2000s, Disney just bought Pixar outright. Yeah. Um, so I think the Oh god. I think the first Pixar film that was released under that agreement might have been Cars, maybe. Oh, no. Not 100%. It was around that period of time. Yeah, I was going to say I think it might Pixar, there was right. definitely something to do with Cars around that yeah. time. I think it was the last of the first or something. I know like that. Yeah. I know the one of them. That's what I remember. I think Incredibles, but I'm not 100% sure of that one. Oh, that would have been a really good character. Sorry. <laughs> Can't change it now. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> You're both laughing because you both know what I'm on about. <laughs> so, what film we do? Have you said that? No. So, leaning on to Sam, you pick Space Jam for us to do. Why have you picked Space Jam? You've got top film, It's a good, it's, it, well, I was going to say it's a good movie, and that might be debatable, but it is, it's, I guess it's the idea is it's, you know, you've been doing with Harry film that you really like when you were a kid a lot of the time right and and for me oh. this is a film that i really like when i was a kid um yeah a big part of my childhood and, and you know what actually thematically relevant a movie that me and my dad used to watch a lot together um it was a, a, a really weird that a weird moment for me when i was a kid like me and my dad went to see space jam and i loved it um and i didn't realize how much my dad loved it as well because it's not on the face of it necessarily his kind of film. <laughs> like he isn't a like he isn't a like kind of gangster movies and like he's in like Kurosawa films and uh, uh and, and Yo Morricone and Scorsese and people like that. Um but then I remember one day a few weeks later my dad were I was like out for dinner with my dad and I was like a kid I was like maybe 4 or 5 and he says um 
you know what, you know what we're gonna do? I didn't tell you it's a surprise. I'm like, what? Well, well, he says, we're gonna go and see Space Jam again. <laughs> it's like, wow, my dad wants to go and see Space Jam again. I didn't even ask. He's just like, no, nah, we're gonna see Space Jam again. And now, whenever I bring Space Jam up, my dad's still like, oh yeah, that was a great movie. Um, yeah, so that's one of the things me and my dad had in common when I was a small child was our love for Space Jam. So I wonder if it's the same for you two. We'll find out. It'd be interesting. We 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 try not to discuss them, so we yeah. don't really. Yeah. We have a vibe for each other. What we're actually gonna, what we're gonna rate it. I don't think you do either on your podcast. Do you? you don't really discuss. No, we don't. We're, sometimes because for, for when we first started it, I lived in Newcastle and Ben lived in London. And about a year ago, I moved to London, and we we're like, you know what? We can actually start watching the movies together. That'd be really fun. And they're like, no, actually, I don't think we should. I think we should leave it. Um, so that we don't know what each other thinks. And there's been a couple where. Ben's responses really surprised me. Films that I was really shocked that he didn't like. Hercules. Um, but that, that's, Hercules, that's the one, yeah. Um, oh. um, that, that offended me because that's probably one of my top five Disney I films. Think yeah, a, a lot of people were upset by that. And it was, yeah, Hercules, Space Jam, kind of like on a similar level to me when I was a kid. As an adult, Hercules is better. But um, the stuff that I really like about Space Jam... Um, and I've written about Space Jam as well, actually. That's that's one of the things. I don't do a lot of podcasts about films that I've written on, but I have got a chapter in a book called... Oh, what the hell is it called? I think it's the Oxford Handbook of Children's Film or the Oxford Companion to Children's Film mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, if, if you can find it, put that in the link. That came out last year. And I've got a chapter in that where I look at jokes for adults in children's films or jokes which reference movies that were made for adults in films that were made for children and there's a couple of those in space jam so i use some examples from that um so yeah i I, I know definitely one but i can think yeah right there's the one yeah there's one joke in this which was like the image that was in my mind when i was coming up with the idea for that chapter was like that that is one of the strangest visuals that's been put on screen in the mainstream family film it was the same thing we're thinking of so let's get Sam to recap the plot. Um, so how many when, lines are you gonna get Sam to when did it come tell out? The story? Came out in 1996. You get six. <laughs> so he's been nice to you. He's giving you six lines. He usually gives me. Do I remember what is it out of? What's it out of? It's usually out of five, but he gives guess between six and ten. I've noticed, and I get one or two usually. Yep. My I think my 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 proud proud moment was doing. Fellowship of a Ring in one line. So. <laughs> okay. So shoot away. You got six lines. <laughs> well, someone's got to keep count or I'm going to lose track. Um, okay. So basketball player Michael Jordan has retired and moved into baseball. The Looney Tunes are invaded by some very short aliens who want to enslave them. They challenge them to a game of basketball because they think it'll be easy because they're really short. The aliens steal all of the talent from the top players in the NBA. So the Looney Tunes recruit Michael Jordan to play on their team so that they can beat them. Now, am I on five? Yeah. I'm trying to stop him, but can't. I could I could end there if I got to finish the film and then the Looney Tunes win. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. If someone hasn't seen the film by now, I don't think they're going to be in a rush. So we we're not too bad about spoilers. Quite yeah. quite a complicated film, really. I don't think I could have done that in less than five. I think I needed all five of those sentences to uh, to yeah. summarize Space Jam. 
I'm trying to think if I could, possibly. Oh, no, but then I'm used to doing it because I have to do it. You get one though, so don't think you'll ever get five. Yeah. <laughs> it only I came couldn't... out in 1980. Yeah, he tends to do it based on the year. And if it's anything above five, he halves it. <laughs> but I got six, like, okay. There's like one that's going to be like... And if it's like a zero, it just gives me... If it's like 1990, it just give me one. Yeah. So it's very nice to me, as you can tell. Um <laughs> Right, we do. We call it quick fire round. It's rarely quick, quick fire round. When you call it quick fire, just call it question round. Okay, yeah, maybe. Um, this is a bit of a strange one. Most iconic scene. Is there a scene that you automatically think of? And for one, you kind of touched on was well, one of the first ones I thought of. We see Reservoir Dogs. Oh, it's Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Well, Pulp it's Fiction kind of boring, is. isn't it? Yeah, but it's the Pulp Fiction theme song um, that plays. Um, so to me, that was something I thought of when I oh, remember watching this film. Is there anything that you already knew about, Harry? The song at the beginning. I believe it can fly. No, the one where it's What's like, um, um, it, he plays it in like, the credit scene at the beginning. Come uh-huh. on and slam, and welcome yeah. to the jam. I see, I've heard that one. I think the other thing he might be when he's putting the last one. But is that more Michael Jordan iconic moments? Though? I'm not sure. I, I can't remember. Well, when his arm gets extremely long, that's. <laughs> At the end, that's kind of iconic. Do you think there's any iconic scenes from the film, Sam? Yeah, it's a big, long arm, I think. Um, I, but when I was a kid, I didn't realise his arm got long. I, I, that, I, I don't know why. I just thought, oh, that's the normal length that his arm would be. Um, his arm is long. <laughs> I guess because the idea is, they don't really say it outright. But the idea, I suppose, is he spent a long time in Looney Tunes world and he's learned kind of subconsciously to tap into whatever it is that means that they can stretch their bodies and change their shape all the time. Uh, so he kind of becomes a cartoon briefly. But I didn't even notice when I was a kid that there was anything wrong with it. I was like, oh, yeah, he does a slam dunk. I didn't think about how long his arm was. But yeah, other than that, it's for me, it's always when Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam turn into, uh, who is it, Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta from Pulp Fiction and whip yeah, out incredibly yeah. realistic handguns. So, Harry, did you do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know anything about the movie Pulp Fiction? No, I didn't think it was. No. No. Well, it's, when, it's near the end when they're playing the basketball game. They pull out. Suddenly got suits. Suddenly pull out. Oh yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. I, I think I laughed at that bit because I think. Yeah, but you won't know the other reference for it. Yeah. Is. Um, and there you go. That's that's what I write about in my book. It's it's how do these movies include these references to movies that are for adults but still make it entertaining for kids and part of it is that's just funny because it's incongruous because these characters usually wear different costumes and they usually don't carry handguns so when a kid sees it who doesn't know pulp fiction it's still kind of funny because it's it's different it's maybe more realistic it it feels like it's not properly part of the looney tunes world so there's that incongruity but then for adults there's that extra layer to it and because it's in this movie that's already really chaotic it doesn't register as something strange if you don't get the joke it's just another weird thing that the Looney Tunes do anyway sorry I'm making the quick fire round even quicker (laughs) (laughs) Uh, even longer sorry funniest moment Harry you can go why did I always get picked up first because you sat next to me and it's your podcast that's what you always say I can't think of straight out I think most see because I used to as a kid always like Marvin the Martian, so I quite like the bits where he comes in as a ref, and it's just True. his voice just kind of makes me laugh. True. I'm trying to think what that's weird for a comedy movie that I've seen so many times. I can't really think of 
any jokes that I really like. I can think of jokes that I don't like. Like when Tweety starts doing like Bruce Lee Kung Fu moves. I don't, that's like a, a trope that happens all the time in kids' cartoons where it's like, oh, a character who doesn't usually do Kung Fu does Kung Fu. I think I mentioned it in our Lion King episode because Rafiki yeah, does it. Rafiki, yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't, I've never found that funny. But what's a good, what's a good joke? I don't know. I mean, I just find, oh. like, Foghorn Leghorn's a funny character. It's like Marvin the Martian. Like, anything Foghorn Leghorn says, he doesn't get loads to do in this movie. Big but, oh, yeah. Yeah, just the bluster of that character Um, I find quite funny. Uh Oh, yeah, I found um, it's when is it the bunny and the duck. I can't remember what the names are. Bugs Bunny. Yeah, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. Yeah, when they go and they separate, and he's like, "I'm can you keep an arc on which way to go?" And he gets attacked with dog, and then Bugs said, "Please, who's that?" And he goes to the door, and you see how damage he got from the dog. He's gone the wrong way, which is pretty funny. To me. Um, you know what's another good joke? Is um this is another like intertextual one when um Daffy Ducks it's when it's after that scene when they're going home and Daffy Duck says like I've got a new I I know what we should call our team the Ducks and Bugs Bunny says now oh, what kind of Mickey Mouse organization would call their yeah. team the Ducks and that's because Disney had the movie Mighty Ducks yeah. um about a hockey oh, team and, and they also had a real team called the Ducks as well that they named after the movie so that was a a joke at Disney's expense that I only get now as an adult, but I think that's quite funny. On that, who's the funniest character? Oh. There is one which, but he's not necessarily a cartoon, which is Bill Murray. Who? Who? The guy from Ghostbusters. True. I quite like because he's completely not his stories. It could, he could literally not be in the movie, and it wouldn't make any difference really to the movie. True. Yeah. When he comes and, in, ba ba da, ba 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 ba. Now. I should point out, I don't I haven't mentioned this on the actual recording. I'm wearing a, a Toon Squad jersey. In fact, so since this has been recorded for video. And now I, I don't think I'll actually be able to show you this because I need to turn around, but it is actually the Bill Murray Toon Squad jersey. It's got his number on the back and it's got the word Murray on. Hang on. Oh, and he's yeah. Was that visible? Yeah, yeah, it was. All right, yeah. So this was this is from I went to a nineties themed Halloween party a few years ago, and I, I came dressed as Bill Murray in the movie Space Jam. So his appearance in this movie is so bizarre that that is yeah one of my main takeaways from it. Who would you say for his characters? Uh, any of the cartoons. Any of them. Yeah. I think um, Granny's quite funny in it as well. I like the Granny. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the cheerleader. So actually, my, my question for you, Harry, in general, is yeah. how much do you know about the Looney Tunes as like a, a completely like 20th, 21st century kids? Because when I grew up, these guys were on TV all the time. So I knew who they were before I saw Space Jam. Do you know the Looney Tunes in general, these cartoon characters? I've seen them like in every, sometimes in each of his book bunnies. Like I've seen him. I've seen, I've heard a couple of people like, like they've had like Looney Tunes, like kids, I think. I've seen like, little bits about them but i've never seen like a full episode of the cartoons mm, that would be a really that. cool episode for the future is like pick like five like original looney tunes cartoons we did, and recently we did um, a month where we did tv <laughs> programs like series and we have talked about doing tv like animated series like that yeah. i watch just like every now and then we try and do like a random month so this month will be special guests at your episodes in cool and um, so we try and do like a month where we do Within reason, like a 
a topic. Yeah. Um, well, I'd, I'd be happy to recommend some Looney Tunes shorts if you want to do that as an episode. Sounds good. And chat that out. I'd be interested. Best music moment? The um, Welcome to the Jam. See, mine isn't mine's. Is it? I don't know what the song called. It's a Monster Squad or something like that. It's called. Yeah. Oh, the, the Monsters Anthem. Yeah, that's I, it. I hear them high, hear them high, hear that's them it. high. You hear them low, hear them Yeah, low. I like that bit. Because yeah. they got. I'm also a bit of a hip hop fan, and I'm going to say it's all like who's on it. Buster Rhymes is one. I want to say it's all, all the biggest rappers of the day, and they tried to like map it on to like match their characteristics to the Monsters. Um, so it's uh, it's Method Man, Buster Rhymes, Coolio, Be Real from Cypress Hill, and I think LL Cool J. I think that's maybe. the five. Yeah, so like it might be a... one rapper for each monster. I remember when it came that's out. Pretty it good song. What about yourself? Is there a song that or music? I mean, I like with? that song. I really like. I, um, I, I'm a hip hop fan. I'm also a big kind of like '70s soft rock fan. So I like "Fly Like an Eagle," um, which is originally Steve Miller, but Seal did it in this. And I like the Space Jam theme song as well. Um, oh, there's loads actually. There's um, the um, Biz Marquee and the Spin Doctors doing "That's the Way I Like It," which is what plays quite, quite in the NBA game. Like, I remember when it came yeah. out. Yeah. But the song that isn't on the on the movie, which is on the soundtrack, is a rap song called "Buggin'," where Bugs Bunny raps, and the lyrics were written by a then not super famous Jay Z. So check that oh. out. That'll be on YouTube or whatever. Was it a scene in it? Do you reckon like the cut or maybe or maybe it sounds. It- it might be in the credits. I don't think it is because I, I think I did watch the credits when I watched it the other day. But it's it's like the last track. It's like a bonus track kind of thing on the CD. Um, and it's like Bugs Bunny. And then I think like Daffy Duck does like some beatboxing or some hype man or something at the end. Uh, <laughs> deeply weird awesome. moment in pop culture. Who would you most like to meet from the film? I assume you could meet the animated characters as well. Oh. Yeah, because in this film, they um, suggest that one of is the centre of the earth, so it's the centre. So who would you most like to meet? The granny, because she got she looked like she got pretty beaten up. <laughs> like, in like her neck got broken, so see I was a huge Michael I was a huge basketball fan in the nineties. I love basketball in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is probably why so I watched the film in the nineties. What's that got to do with it? Um, <laughs> and so Michael Jordan would be would be one. Um, basketball. But that seems like a bit of a waste when you can meet a cartoon character. So I would probably Which is saying a lot. The most legendary athlete of all time, but actually yeah. maybe maybe Daffy Duck yeah. or Bugs Bunny. I was gonna say maybe that I'm thinking I have a Daffy Duck or Fog or Lego because I quite like them. I always feel Daffy Duck is purposely the one that gets put down, isn't he? Yeah. But he he's my favourite. Daffy Duck is I talked a bit about this. I'm always plugging our podcast. I talked a bit about this on our Who Free and Roger Rabbit episode because obviously he's in that. Daffy Duck's probably my favourite fictional character of all time of any kind. I don't know if that means I'd love to meet him because he's not nice, <laughs> really. But um, <laughs> he's he's the one he that means the most to me. But, you know, Bill Murray, um, Stan. We haven't talked much about Stan yet. Wayne Knight's character. <laughs> Michael Jordan's, like... Assistant. I know who he is. I don't like him. Um, yeah, he's just he's just an entertaining guy. He would help me out. He would do my shopping for us. He would, uh, you know, <laughs> see to all my needs. What's your favourite scene? Um. Oh. 
I've got a when when um it's Daffy Duck. No, not it's is it Daffy. Yeah, it's Daffy Duck when he gets the water. Is it or is it Bugs Bunny? Oh, the special stuff. <laughs> yeah, but it's just water and it like motivates them. That's pretty funny because they fight over like savage. Like no. Uh, mine would. I quite like all the stuff where the actual basketball players lose their abilities. Oh, and they're doing the, the there's like the montage where they're going to like the fortune teller and the psychiatrist yeah, yeah. and stuff to try and figure it out. Because uh, that doesn't that could have just not been in it, but I quite like the little but they've managed to get these yeah. big stars at the time. When they actually... have one of them, when they have um a cop, small one, I can't remember what his name was. I don't know basketball. Mugsy Bo. Yeah, and he's walking from it, and the three little guys they bump the heads, and then they fall over, and then he just keep they keep walking off and talking. Yeah, that's good. It is it is a weird proposition for them because it's like we are making this movie that is entirely based on Michael Jordan being the best basketball player of all time. Would you like to be in this movie as yourselves, playing characters who are not only by implication nowhere near as good as Michael Jordan, but also you become the worst basketball players of all time over the course of the movie? And like fair play to them for doing that because a lot of athletes wouldn't do that you know i bet they asked people who turned it down yeah i reckon i, I was thinking about this because mid 90s this came out so but when i was thinking charles barkley and patrick Ewan were probably two of the biggest stars at the time yeah so yeah you got them like you say because they essentially are saying we're not as good as him yeah shaquille o'neal must have been playing about then i wonder if he i'm surprised he wouldn't have been approached yeah, because he like he is. I don't know a loads about basketball, but it feels like Shaquille O'Neal is someone who like you could at one point have conceivably put on the same level as Michael Jordan. Like he yeah, was yeah. maybe like another argument for like who's the greatest of all time. Maybe until it was definitively Michael Jordan. So I can see him being nah, I'm not going to do that because he had his um, own movies and stuff as well. And also, when you actually see him in interviews, he seems quite modest and quite a nice okay. guy. Like okay. I'm, I'm quite surprised. Maybe at the time it was just his image or something. I'd be shocked if it didn't approach him, but he might, he might not be able to film it. You never know. It might have been, yeah. Have other commitments was it? In, he did a film like Shazam or something like that. K- Kazam. Kazam. This is very fast quick fire. Um, it's because of me. It's because I'm going long. Oh no, we're never quick. <laughs> he is right. We should just change the title to just question type question round. Just the whole podcast. It's not, but they okay. What was your favorite scene? Um, I like the scene where they go and they have to get Michael's shoes from his house yeah. because it, it's like again, it's I love bugs, I love Daffy, and I love like loads of my favorite Looney Tunes cartoons are the ones with both of them where they're interacting with each other. Which there's not as many as you would think of those cartoons with bugs and Daffy in them. But they are like some of the most memorable ones because of their like relationship and their back and forth and like their you know Bugs is like this like sarcastic straight man who's like always getting one up on Daffy, um, who's this like narcissist, uh, and you get like bits of that interplay in that scene. Um, so yeah, that's one of the scenes from the film, even though it's set in the real world, which feels most like an actual Looney Tunes cartoon. I think. Yeah, I get what you're saying. There is three questions, but I'm going to leave them because they work quite well for the end of when we review, we say our opinions on it, okay. and you'll see why when I say them. Um, so a few number, a few bit of information about the film. I'm sure Sam probably knows way more than I do. Um, so obviously it came out in 1996. It's now 28 minutes long. Um, the budget was 80 million, and the worldwide gross was 230 million. 
It was 18 from the box office for that year. Behind the top five were Independence Day, Twister, Mission Impossible, Jeremy Quiet, and Ransom. We've covered Twister. I'm surprised we haven't covered Independence Day, actually. Well, um, the other three we probably won't necessarily. Um, already touched on the, a little bit about the fact that you mentioned about this sort of stabs at Disney. Mickey Mouse was originally going to be in this. Well, they, well, they wanted him to be the ref. I don't know if you know Oh, yeah. And because of a whole um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit thing where Disney approached Warner Brothers and got a bit of a deal, and they, all, they kind of apparently unofficially said, you know, we'll do it for you at some point. And then when Warner Brothers went back, Disney were like, no. No. No, thanks. That's Disney. <laughs> and a bit, literally, Mickey was just going to be the, be the ref. Yeah. Um, and apparently, they built... For, to help Michael Jordan, they built a court for him to play on, and it was part of the reason he actually ended up going back to basketball because he realised he could still do it. Wait, does if so, is not Warner Bros. the only company Disney hasn't owned yet? Probably, yeah. He's <laughs> one of the few companies Disney haven't bought. Yeah. Not yet. You never know. One day. <laughs> oh well, yeah, I bet. I bet they, they probably do have like a checklist of things they're going to buy out. You're next, you're on a hit list. What's, what's theoretical and stuff like that? You're on yeah. the wanted list. Um, and it also, the idea is this is set the fictional time where this is, a, this is a fictional belief of what happened when Michael Jordan quit basketball and then went back to basketball. You know, he played, you he played he, baseball, kind of. You know, he does not know how to play basketball because all he does is slam dunk. Uh, I, would, I would argue that my, <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a documentary about the Chicago Bulls, which is Michael Jordan's TV um, oh, basketball team, called The Last Dance. And in that, someone says that Michael Jordan arguably is the best person at his job ever. And it just happens that his job was basketball. And it's quite a good statement of the fact that yeah, he's as good as anyone could ever be at their job. Or every character, all they do is slam dunks. But he kind of was the face of that. In the movie Space Jam, they're just slam dunk, because that's cool. But in real yeah. life, again, I don't know. I don't watch much basketball in real life. I suspect Michael Jordan probably did other kinds of shots. Yeah. yeah. He pretty much dominated the sport for yeah. God knows how long. And the fact that he retired, went back, and then still won another championship. And he yeah. changed his number. How dare he? Well, he famously had number 23, but when he went back, he had 45 because he'd retired his number because he quit. Oh, so he couldn't even take it back himself. No, no, he didn't. So when he went back, he had a different number. Mm. So who had 23 then? No one. That's what I mean. They they put it in like the Hall of Fame. Oh. It's like I, one of the most. It's like a not just in basketball, but it's an iconic sports number because of him. So like footballers wear it because of Michael Jordan fans. And that's well, you, you asked. You were talking to Harry about with Looney Tunes, and I asked him when we were watching it, what did he know of Michael Jordan? Because it was a similar sort of thing. Because obviously he. He wasn't born when Michael Jordan played basketball. I don't like basketball. But he, like he still knew the name. He still knew the, like, the image. I mean, I didn't. I don't think I knew who Michael Jordan was. And I was a kid. When so, I, I, how old was that? I must have been. When were you born? I was 90, 92, so I've been three or four when this came out. And um, yeah. it, it is. Just ask my older than you. I'm forty-three. Um, I shouldn't laugh so hard. You could be younger than me. That's that'd be that'd be plausible. But um, I so I, I I think I wasn't that into sports, and obviously basketball isn't that big in Britain anyway. Like it's kind of like an opt-in thing. It's not like I wasn't into football, but I knew who all the footballers were still. But um, I don't think I knew who Michael Jordan was when I saw this movie. And I, I'm, sorry, come. 
I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, trying to remember, did I realize at some point during the movie that he must have been a real person? Did I just like intuit that from the way that it was presented? Or did I think for a long time that he was a character? Or maybe I was too young to even distinguish between reality and fiction. Yeah, and probably. maybe I thought Darth Vader was a real person, you know, I don't know. Quite possibly. But in the 90s, basketball was more accessible in England because it was just right. on terrestrial TV. It was, on, I think, it was on Channel oh. Four. Oh, so you on, could just watch like Chicago. Yeah, Bulls on it was. TV. On, it was on like it was like every Saturday. There was in the morning. There was like a, a recap show, and there was one on like a Monday. And on a certain nights, oh. what night of the week there'd be it. It'd be late for for matches, but the actual there'd be like a like a match of a day for football, but like on a Saturday. Well, I'm and jealous a, of that because I do like it. Like whenever I watch it, I do enjoy it. But I've just obviously I don't really have. I don't really, like, I'm the, assuming you've got to pay a lot of money for Sky Sports or whatever to watch it. Sky Sports. But I didn't really watch it after the nineties. It was just kind of it was it was Michael Jordan. But anyway, Jordan. We, we digress. Jordan. Let's talk about the film. So, not touching on those questions. Did you enjoy the film, Harry? Yes, but oh, there's a but. But there's one kind of don't be really like it's his helper because yeah, because yeah, he goes missing and never find the police. He just gets a shovel, digs a hole. <laughs> but that's meant to be the funny part: is the fact that he. But also, how do you not got not got kicked out of? Because this man's ruining someone like uh, the golf course. Yeah, you can't just don't do that. I don't think. Wait, is he doing it at night? Still, he's probably no because he he does it in the day. You see him in the day, and then he comes back, and you see him doing it at night. So still, in all fairness, if someone came up to him and I said Michael Jordan's gone missing, he went down this hole. Oh, he's probably going to get locked up. But if they did believe him, they'd probably help him dig. Still, they could actually get a problem machine and they send a little shovel. In, in the movie as well, there's no one makes a fuss that Michael Jordan's been missing for 24 hours. Like his his wife and kids go to the baseball game the next day. Well, I think the next day, maybe even longer, just assuming that he's going to be there. Yeah. And yeah, the fact that they don't realize he's not been at home. Yeah, <laughs> like no one's worried if Michael Jordan went missing for like two days, like that would be an international news story. <laughs> What's quite interesting is obviously a lot of the characters play themselves. So Bill Murray plays himself. Michael Jordan obviously plays himself. A lot of basketball players play himself. It's not his wife or kids. They're um, not his yeah, real wife or kids, that. but the kids are named after his kids. Okay. But what I do think is quite subtle is the fact that this is like the biggest star on the planet who earns more money now off sport than most sports people sports who are still, still doing sport earns. And his house is just like a normal little house. And when they go to his house, it's nothing. It's not. He there's net. He probably hasn't lived in a house like that since he was about eighteen. I if that, because he was a star at eighteen. I know he lived in the mansion. Because I've seen films about him. I've seen up. films. There's a recent film called Air, where it tells you about his uh, his air sneaker contract or his training contract. Well, as you breathe air, so no, because it's it's called Nike Air. Is it? Mm. I don't I don't like shoes. But in that, in they show his house, and that's like kind of the size of his family when you grew up. But there's no way that was his house. That's what. That's it's bad. Just surprised me that he didn't just put a mansion. It was a bit uh-huh. it was like a normal suburb or whatever. I let one live in the suburbs. What do you think of the, the villains, like I, the aliens? I like them. I like when they grow big because they just start beating everyone up. And no one does anything about it. 
So did you see that coming that they were going to? There was a twist because obviously they wanted to play. They played basketball. I knew they were going to do something to get big because I I think I've seen that big version of them, but I'm not as sure if it was this not. And like, but like beating them up, one of them had no head. One of the head fell off. Like when when you see them all injured, one was covered in cast. I'm like, you don't. The head's not on the neck. They're holding the hand. That's the power and, of the Looney Tunes. If you watch the yeah. cartoons, much worse things happen to them. They get shot in the face and just carry on going. <laughs> Run over by why the coyote is pretty much in, must be in, in, invincible because of hey. stuff that's happened to him in his life. Yeah. I have seen a thing of him. I do think the the called the Nerdux or something the, like that. Nerdlux. Yeah. Nerd, it's never mentioned in the film, apparently. Yeah, what probably not. It's one of those like random things where a character gets named afterwards. I think they are very Looney Tune-esque. I think they've done quite well to create characters that actually feel like... Yeah, they fit in. Well, then the Monstars are quite different. They look like they've come out of like a 1990s like Rob Liefeld comic book or something, just these gigantic muscular creatures um, who I did love when I was a kid. I had toys of all of them. Uh, I, I, I loved the Monstars. Yeah. My favourite was... Oh, and actually, they've all got names as well, which you don't hear in the movie. Um, and then... <laughs> This is so nerdy. I, I think I can name them all. And their names are all synonyms for like zero. Um, so what well, yeah, apart from one who is pound, the big orange one is pound. I don't know why he's called that. But then the purple one is Bubkus, the blue one is Blanco, the little red one is naught, and the green one is bang. And that's all things you might say to mean like nothing, like, oh, we've got Bubkus, and they all wear zero on their shirts. I think, one called, I think one of them is called Pancreas if you live in the UK. <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah, and my favourite was Bang, who's the green one, because he's like a dragon, he's like spiky, and he, he breathes fire, doesn't he? Anyway, I like the yeah, one. I used to love those characters. The only one, re-watching the film, because I, I probably haven't seen this for God knows how many years, because no. I haven't watched the re- I haven't watched the new one. I and the logic would be to watch this and then go watch and watch the other one. Um, I so I haven't seen it for that long. I was surprised that I felt it. Maybe it was just because when I was younger, I thought it was longer. It was quite. It was a lot quicker than I remembered it being the actual film. It's only like ninety minutes, which is a good. Is often a good length for a film. Yeah, but I was quite surprised that I thought in my head it was longer. That more happened than it actually did. It's quite quick. Yeah. So how old were you when you saw this? Well, I'm guess I probably saw this at the cinema, so I'd have been 16, 17. And you were a fan of basketball, even though. Yeah, but I would have definitely watched this because of Michael Jordan. So, what did you think about it as a movie about Michael? I Jordan? liked it. When I, I definitely, I definitely enjoyed it, a hundred percent, because I've definitely watched it more. I'm pretty sure I owned it when it came out on DVD or something like that. Um, so I definitely, oh, I definitely enjoyed it when I was younger. Um, not saying I don't know <laughs> now, but I'm just saying it was, it was definitely a film. I'd watched quite a lot when I was younger. I don't know how much of that was Michael Jordan and how much of Did it was a, the cartoon thing. I don't think I've ever owned a pair. Your fake fun. Uh, Jordan. It, or I just haven't got money to it. Like nowadays, you just do that, expensive. You haven't got money, but you can. It would be nice to buy a pair then and keep them out because yeah. now they'd be worth. Okay, you haven't got the money, but you've got fortune. money to spend hundreds of thousands of pounds on Lego. He always points to my Harry Potter Lego. And Optimus Prime, and you want to get the new hot 
and Gringotts. Gringotts. Yeah. I've got Optimus Prime, worthwhile investment. Although that was a gift, but... It's good, isn't it? It's good, yeah. Dad was tempted to buy it in London, but... He holds it off. Well, I held off and then I saw it again and it's been reduced by 20 quid. Wow, it's a bargain now. 20 you, you can get, funnily enough, you can get, I've got a Lego Adidas Superstar, but I don't think you can get Lego Air Jordan. That'd be like the obvious next step. I've got a Lego Wally. <laughs> oh, very good. All right, anyway, we're getting off topic. Um, I One bit I do like in the film, I like the bit where they're actually trying to get the team together. And they're all trying to show their skills, whatever. And then finally, someone actually, which is introduced to a new character, which is Lola Bunny. Yeah. She obviously comes in and is the only one that can actually play basketball. How does she learn how to play basketball? She just could play basketball. She obviously has played it. Cartoon like, character. She just she just shoots one score and leaves. That's not showing your skills, really. Now there is another female bun- bunny. Am I right in Looney Tunes, or is it just the one that bugs dresses up us? Well, yeah, Bugs dresses up as a woman quite a lot. Um, I don't think so. Oh, not, definitely not a prominent one with a name. I was but... just quite surprised that this was like the first time we out and out introduced a female. Because like, Mickey's obviously had Minnie for quite a while. Forever, yeah. yeah. Bugs just Daisy. wasn't interested. Yeah. But yeah, so this is the first time you ever see Lola. Um, and all she does is, is play basketball. So they kind of retroactively tried to bring Lola Bunny into like the main Looney Tunes cast. So I had a, a game on the Game Boy Color oh. called Looney Tunes Martian Alert. And it was like all the Looney Tunes characters fighting against Marvin the Martian. And it was a bit like Pokemon. You would like collect the characters um, and they all had different abilities. And Lola Bunny, her ability was she would throw basketballs at people because all anyone knew about her personality was that she liked basketball because she was created for Space Jam. That's all she was ever meant to do was play basketball. So it's, they've had a weird job trying to reintegrate her into the Looney Tunes canon. But in uh, about 10 years ago, there was a, a Looney Tunes sitcom called The Looney Tunes Show. And it was like, it was literally like Friends or something, but with the Looney Tunes or Seinfeld. It was Bugs and Daffy had an apartment and they would go on dates and stuff like that. Um, and <laughs> and Lola Bunny is in that as like one of Bugs's love interests, but they completely change her personality and they make her a lot more wacky and a lot more stupid and a lot more like an actual Looney Tunes character instead of just this like blank slate who's just cool and plays basketball because she doesn't feel you say the nerd looks fit really well in the Looney Tunes world and Lola Bunny doesn't because none of the Looney Tunes are cool, you know, none of the Looney Tunes uh, are particularly yeah, good at anything, but Lola is because she's from the 90s and she's all she's meant to do was play basketball. So it's interesting to look at the history of what they've tried to do with Lola Bunny since. Or I think it's interesting. Anyway. Let's see which I like. Go on. It's one which I think is At the end, you see Lucas, um, who is it? Bugs Bunny, and she pulls down the thing like a proper cartoon. She gets like something and she pulls it like down. Like a blind. Yeah. That's like, like, I think that happens a lot in cartoons. Yeah, where yeah. they can really interact with stuff like that. Yeah. Inter- like, like screen stuff. I've just popped them ahead because that's one scene near the end, which I remember because I can't oh. be a bit at the end. And that's a moment where she does get a little bit loony. Like she behaves more like a loony tune for the first time because mm-hmm. Bugs kisses her and she's like, whoa. And then she pulls the blind down. Um, and that's kind of like a cartoon, you know, it's like the classic wolf, like a wooga banging on the desk kind of thing. 
um, eyes popping out of your head. And it's, yeah, it's, that's the moment where she really becomes a Looney Tune, maybe, when she does the classic Looney Tunes, pulling the blind down, yeah. Blind thing. So now I'm, I, I'm quite into sports films. Are so, you? Yeah, yeah. Really? So, so this would also falls into that category of it. Um, it is quite good, the actual basketball in it. It's actually quite good. It's obviously partly because of who they've got to do it. it was, like, you, like you say, it'd be quite interesting how many kids at the time realised who he was and whether... Um, but I quite like. I think I think it's quite well done with how the interactions with other. Yeah. I, like obviously, there's a lot. I've seen an awful lot of behind the scenes stuff of say, um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where you see all the mechanics. I'd be intrigued to see how this was. I know they used a green screen for, um, Michael Jordan to do his basketball moves, but how they interact, how they got all the interactions and stuff. Whether it's drawn over, I assume, but. They would have had computer like digital compositing by this point. So in in Who Framed Roger Rabbit it is literally like a normal cartoon. You ink the characters yeah. onto transparent cells and put them on top of the live action. And in this, all of that stuff would have been done in a computer. So like, hence the green screen. So it's it's an. I mean, obviously, jury's out on whether it looks better than Roger Rabbit. I would argue maybe not quite. But the no. I think it looks more. Technology. I mean, it looks more polished. Yeah. Whereas. Who Framed Roger Rabbit kind of makes it look a bit more real because it feels more real. Yes, because he's because obviously it's kind of a flip, isn't it? Really, but Roger's in our world more, yeah. than he's in, and in this, Michael Jordan's in their world more for, for a, a more portion of the film. He's in Looney Tunes world, sort of thing. Looney World. So it's, I suppose, it has to look more polished because cartoons. Yeah obviously don't look like the real world necessarily. Well, they probably really? do more in some, but not at the time. He looks more like he's in a, in a Looney Tunes cartoon, whereas obviously it's for flip, isn't it? In... Yeah. You think Joe Robert? Yeah. I can never say properly because it's a tongue cluster for me. Do you... Did you... Could you ask me during this what, what the time difference was? Because yeah, I thought they probably took inspiration from you think Joe Robert. But it's quite, it's like yeah, eight, eight years see, later. I want to see how far away it came from each. Just to see, this was like hopping on the, it's like That's it's the obvious comparison, isn't it? Because there isn't many films that have been done like this. Yeah, there's hardly any. With with like, where the characters are predominantly 2D, there's not many at all. I'm going to just take the action to my DVD shelf for a second and have a look. Go ahead. Yeah, I think the next proper one was the next Looney Tunes film, Looney Tunes Back in Action. Which are they in about... order? Are they in like chronological order? Your DVD, sorry, just a side note. <laughs> it that that would be a very long conversation. They're in kind of the categorized in different ways, but within those categories, they're in chronological order. So I've got all the Disney ones at the top in order, and then it's Pixar in order, and then I do other animation studios by the year in which they debuted, and then they're in order by those studios, and then. After America, I do like every other country in order. And then I've got, a, there's a shelf which is like live action movies with animation in them. And that's all in order as well. Um, so in terms of two, it's part of your job, isn't it? So you kind of need yeah, to be able to yeah. access When I'm something. planning my lessons, I come in here and I just like look at the shelves until inspiration hits. Like, oh, that film would work for this. That film would work for this. So in terms of like live action movies with 2D, characters to this extent it's basically who framed roger rabbit space jam looney tunes back in action 
and then that's pretty much it because even in the new Space Jam movie, this when the Looney Tunes characters are interacting with real people, they make them 3D. So that they oh, start right. off 2D when they're in the Looney Tunes world, but as soon as they start interacting more with the humans, they become like fully 3D. Like Bugs Bunny is furry. You can see that. Like they do it with Chip and Dale. Yeah. And then see with Chip and Dale, that's not really, even though some of those characters are 2D. Have you seen that movie, Harry? The Chip yeah. and Dale yeah. movie? I've not seen it. I yeah, forgot. yeah. I, for- I forgot most of it. Yeah, we forgot. <laughs> so even when those characters look 2d they're not actually 2d the 3d models with 2d textures on them so they're not actually drawn by hand so in terms of like movies where humans are interacting with hand-drawn animated characters like consistently throughout the film it's basically roger rabbit space jam legions but in action there's barely any of them <laughs> little history lesson oh yeah i didn't think there was many it kind of popped into my head um i'm going to introduce these for a reason now um, oh, is it going to be quick or is it every ten hours? Do you, Dad? the question that I say for later on was? Do you think this holds up? Well, I think Harry should be the first to answer that. Yeah. Yes, because the, the thing is, the thing that they need to make sure it holds up is the cartoons, and I think now you hold up pretty well. And obviously, you even the jokes that are more aimed at the time, like the Pulp Fiction thing. It was, it's funny either way, even if you don't know the film. Because yeah. there will be people that are old enough to watch that film that won't have watched that film because yeah. they'll skip the generation sort of thing. Well, that's a see- really good point about the cartoons. They still hold up because it's 2D. Yeah. Because in, um, you know, Mary Poppins holds up something, or like Bedknobs and Broomsticks, where there's like short scenes in the middle of the movies where the characters interact with 2D cartoons. The compositing's not perfect, but it still looks good. Whereas if you watch a movie that came out not long after Space Jam, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah, I've I've saw it when it came out, but not. So they are a bit like Chip and Dale, but not as good. They are fully 3D characters and they've tried to make them look a bit 2D with the textures. And that looks terrible. And Space Jam could easily have been that. But because they've stuck with like 2D cartoons, hand-drawn cartoons, you're right, Harry, it looks as good as it ever did, you know? Whereas Rocky and Bullwinkle has aged really badly. Well, the part of it was that because they could... They do go into 3D, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck did when they went to the house. But as in going to normal world? You yeah, mean? they yeah. did yeah, do... Yeah. And that still looks good, so... I think, I suppose the advantage of this was they had kind of two bankable things in there. They had the the Looney Tunes, which had their own fan base, but then they had Michael Jordan, who was like one of the biggest stars of the time. So they probably knew this was always going to make a certain amount of money anyway. Yeah. So they probably could invest a bit more to make sure it at least looked decent and stuff. And I think they worked right, like you've just touched on, they worked right for making it look like Looney Tunes, like the 2D sort of side of it. Do you like the end of this, how it finishes? Yeah. He gets to see, he, get, he returns to his thing and then he gets back to the palace and he has a game of basketball, which I guess that's how you would end with basketball, I guess. The basketball game. See, I quite, I quite like the fact that it kind of tries to tie it into the real world, which when I was looking into this, they kind of say, you know, this is a fictional interpretation of what happened when he stopped playing basketball, as if it could be real. And I suppose in a weird way it could because there's... He might have just gone missing for a couple of days and no one knew um, Who knows? And apparently some of the footage at the end is actually the genuine footage of when he returned to. Oh, it's basically a biopic 
it's sort of like it's the it's answering the question of why he came back, right? That's like the purpose yeah. of this film in a way. It's like what why if if you're asking why did he go to baseball and then come back, it's because of the Looney Tunes. It answers the question. Um, yeah, I think that's cool. I mean, yeah, the scene. Yeah, it's a pretty good ending. I like the scene where he goes back and he meets the other basketball players and gives them back the powers. Um, I mean, none of them are amazing actors. Jordan's not an amazing actor, but uh, it's, uh, it's it's fun to see. You get. I'd actually argue like that maybe the other basketball players have a tougher job because yeah, like because they've got to pretend gone. to be bad. Yeah, and they've got to they've got to act actually like disappointed and withdrawn. <laughs> Whereas he's just being him essentially. Yeah. He's just basketball. Delivering lines like you probably would speak in real life, and whereas the other basketball players are actually gonna act like the the bad basketball players, and like you said, they have all the little where he's going to the fortune teller and he goes to the shrink, and and there's one where Charles Barker goes and tries plays with some kids, and they sort of say, "Oh, you look like Charles oh, Barker." Yeah, I mean, if you're not Charles Barker, sort of. Thing. So there's always like they've got a harder job. Yeah. Um, and the other one was, would you recommend this? I mean, to, to who? I think I would. I'd re- you've got to watch it because I think it's not a perfect film. Yeah. It's very, in terms of like, does it hold up? It feels very of its time. Like I think you can enjoy it now, but it's still like, a really interesting time capsule of, of the 90s. Like the music and the... Yeah, the music, the, 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 the basketball, obviously, and like just the attitudes that the characters have. Um, like the, It feels like a 90s version of the Looney Tunes and a lot of the jokes and stuff. It's. I think you can learn, like maybe Harry's learned a bit more about what the world was like when his dad was a teenager yeah. by watching this movie. Crazy. Well, it's quite interesting. We watched um, the newest Transformer movie recently and it's the same set in the same sort of time. Yeah. And, and when we were watching it, he was like, oh, this, like the music would kick in and it'd be similar sort of songs and types of songs that was in this and it kind of made me realise when I was watching this. It's like, oh, that's quite, it's quite clever. I do yeah, the '90s sort of thing. I do wonder whether maybe the '90s is the next thing that's going to come back. Oh, Fashion yeah. and stuff. Definitely, definitely. Spice Girls are always coming back. That always happens. Grow your hair, Dad. Grow my hair out. I never grew my hair out. Grow it. So, should we rate the film? Yeah. So, as get, I touched on, we do it out of five. Five is a perfect film. Um, four, we always say, is a great film. Three is a recommendation. Two is a, uh, a and then one. We, you can give half and quarter points. So Harry always says he's going to give a solid point, and it's always like three point seven. I do it just to annoy. Does it just to annoy me? Um, we should let the guests go first. Dad. There you go. He's leaving. He's letting you go first. Oh, see, I didn't want to. I was. <laughs> I can go first at mine. I. I getting... Oh, you go first, Harry. I'm more interested in what you think. I'm gonna give it a solid three point five. So that's not solid. I know, but solid as a three or four. I do it to annoy you. I know. So Harry can get three point five. And why is that? I think I. It's a film which I didn't mind. I just think I wouldn't. Like if it's on, I could probably watch it a bit in the background, but I probably wouldn't be able to probably sit down and watch it. I think this. Go on. I'm gonna get let Sam do a score, and then I'm gonna explain mine. Because it'll take him ten years. (laughs) I mean, it is. It's like it's. It's what you were saying, like, it's it's obviously not a perfect movie. I have a good time every time I watch it. I know I'm going to watch it and I'm going to enjoy it. So on that level, it's like a four, but it actually is a movie. It got panned at the time, you know, it didn't get very good reviews, and I yeah. think it's better than that. 
So I, I would say really objectively, it, it's around a three, if there's any such thing as objectively. Um, so I think 3.5 feels quite good, yeah. It's not 3.5 again. I'm saying 3.5 because for me, it's a four, but I, I accept that like realistically, it's probably a three. See, I was thinking about this. I was like... He's going to get a five. <laughs> I'm not going to give it a five. Or a four. Well, bear in mind that Who Framed Roger Robbie got a five. And I don't know if this is the it's same not, You can't argue it's anywhere no. near as good as that, yeah. Um, and a four, I would say, is a great film. So... You're going to go solid. Well, no, what I would say is, like, if is this a film that you would say to someone to watch it? And if it was on, would you watch it? And I think you would. I think if you turned over and this was on and you had nothing to do, you just leave it on, wouldn't you? Definitely. Um, and it's not like so bad it's good. It's just genuinely fun. It's just fun yeah. in a stupid way. I, I'm going, what's really random is I'm going with the same score. I'm going with 3.5. Solid 3.5. Yeah, no. solid 3.5, which gives it a 3.5 overall. It's quite surprising. That yeah. is as solid as a 3.5 can be. I'm just intrigued where that puts it. Where'd you got with our gas tag, are So interestingly, we've got another animated film in that category. What is it? We've actually got two. Jeez, that hurts my eyes. Look at We've got um, Quest for Camelot, which has only been released today as we record this. Are you sure? Or Magic Sword, depending on where you, what country you're from. Now, I would, I would put that quite a bit lower than 3.5, but okay. Um. And the Rats of Nim. Oh, well, I would put that quite a bit higher than 3.5. So, uh, but the, problem, the problem we had with the Rats of Nim is we did it as a we read the book and we watched the film. Okay, I mean, I've never read the book. Um, the, book the problem is the book's better, right? Okay, I'm just, just looking at my probably won't take you like a day, but I'm looking at my letterbox ratings because I rate every animated film I see on letterbox to keep track, and I've gone four for, for Nim. And I've gone. What was the other one? Quest for Camelot. Camelot. I think I might have gone very low on that. See, I don't. Um, I, we did that because I, I was like, it's one of, I always feel it's one of those films that was overlooked. I've given Quest for Camelot a one. <laughs> Maybe I need to watch it again, but I don't. It's want quite awful, isn't it? Just a bit. But I think a three point five because it's more than a recommendation. I yeah. think. Yeah. Okay. So now there's two bits we've got left to do. Um. I think we should do the, the question because it ties into the film and we'll just have a chat with you afterwards. So we always try and do a question that's, if possible, tied to the film or it's just a random one. So what we decided... First one each. No, I think you name your full squad. Okay. Um, so... Who's going first? Let me explain the question. <laughs> so the question was, like, a basketball team's got five players on it. You've got to be one. Okay. So, who would your four animated characters be? You've picked five, haven't you, Sam? I, no, I picked five and then I reread your message and I realised it said four and I was thinking, why has it said four? But it's because I'm on the team. That's interesting. Well, I just needed to get kicked out of the team. Right. So who wants to go? Sam, you can go first. Finally, well, not- the, the one that I've removed, right, for no particular reason, just because it's less funny than the other ones that I've got on there, the one that I've removed was... Mrs. Incredible, which I feel like you've already earlier on, you were like, oh no, I could have picked someone from that. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what, she'd be very good at basketball. Matter. Yeah. And pretty much my only criteria is how good would they be at basketball? Um, and some of them you might not have heard of, but uh let's let, let they're all important characters. So in order of like from most famous to least famous, have I got time to like explain my choices in yeah. detail oh, because yeah. I've thought about them? So 
Number one is Mario, right? Who video game first, but he's been in a lot of cartoons. Yeah. Mario is incredibly good at jumping, right? Not yeah. many people are better at jumping than Mario. And indeed, right? Mario's original name in Japan was Jumpman, which is also a nickname for Michael Jordan. So really, I feel like Mario's the Michael Jordan of animated <laughs> characters. So I'm, I'm putting him in there. Very good at jumping. He's doing those slam dunks, right? Number two, and this was kind of like, I, I, I got rid of Mrs. Incredible because she's kind of in the same category as these next two. Number two, Inspector Gadget. Now, do we know him? Yeah? Oh, okay. He's not in it, know, but I did think of him. Do you know Inspector Gadget, Harry? I've heard of him. I've not seen the film. He can extend his arms and legs. Yeah. So he, he can, like, can do a lot more besides. He can turn his head into a helicopter. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's just one... just grab the ball and fly away. I want to say he's, he's got like a laser finger or something. Or... He's got yeah. springs in his feet as well, so he can jump really high as well. But most prominently, he can extend his arms and legs. So that's why Inspector Gadget's in there. Number three, um, do you do you guys know Gumby? Uh, the name rings a bell, but I don't know why. I'm going to take a second so I can show you Gumby, because I've actually got a Gumby DVD. So just give us a, give us a sec. He's gone. He's off into the animated shelf. Oh, he's got it like Freddy. I should have got this ready because I knew I was going to do it. So I've actually got a DVD of Gumby in the shape of Gumby's head. Oh, yeah, I've seen him. So you might, you might recognise him. That's yeah. Gumby. Um such a pretty cool thing. There he is in action. So if, if you're listening to this rather than watching it, he's like a, a oblong green plasticine man. He's like Morph, actually. If you know Morph, the British Ardman character, he's the American Morph. Yeah. So he's basically a guy who's made of plasticine who has all the powers of plasticine. So he can turn himself into any shape and he can stretch and he can shrink. He's going to be Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then number four, um, Gertie the dinosaur. Do you know Gertie the dinosaur? No, you've lost yeah. me on that one. I don't have her on DVD. Um, but Gertie the dinosaur is one of the first animated characters ever. So Gertie the dinosaur is um, from 1914, and it's. Uh, <laughs> I realise now this is quite a long story, but Gertie the dinosaur is created by an animator called Windsor McKay. And before animation was being shown properly in cinemas, it was being shown as part of variety shows. And Windsor McKay would go on stage and he had this film that he'd made of this animated dinosaur, like a, a Brachiosaurus dinosaur, Brontosaurus. And he's actually interacting with it in live action. So Windsor McKay is talking on stage and whenever he says something, he times it so that Gertley responds to it. Um, so first of all, like the Looney Tunes do in Space Jam, Gertie has a lot of experience interacting with live-action humans. And second of all, she's absolutely massive. <laughs> she's several <laughs> stories high. She's got a very long neck. She can, and actually, there's a bit where Windsor McKay would throw a pumpkin behind the screen and she would catch it on the screen. Uh, it's really clever if you watch it on YouTube. Um, and so she's good at catching balls as well. So... I think Gertie the Dinosaur will be lethal at basketball. So to recap, Super Mario, Inspector Gadget, Gumby, Gertie the Dinosaur. That's the <laughs> team squad. I die off as a good next. I'm not, I'm not you, Fonts. Cool. 
My first choice is Baymax. I, I shouted this in there, so I remember. You, you told me beforehand how he's going to pick Baymax, and I don't think you're wrong. No, because he can be... Because he's from Cobb too much. I've watched everything he's in. And he, he can be programming. Mm. Oh, that's quite clever. I never thought and of that. also, you can make him a new suit. So you could... And he has, like, thrusters. And he has, like, a... I'm thinking, like an overdrive mode, but he goes super powerful. You wouldn't be able to knock him off the ball either because yeah. you just bounce off him. Yeah, and like you, all you have to do is like lie him down, get someone with super strength, chuck it, the ball going flying, and not reach it. <laughs> and your second one? Go on, the second one was um, <laughs> Spider Man. Ah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Because if you do the thing with Baymax, he can just get his web and then, like... Well, the ball would stick to his hand as well. Yeah, you can stick to his hand, yeah, get it, and you could just chuck it. Like... And if you're really clever and you use Miles Morales, he can go invisible. True, and change Miles Morales. That's still Spider-Man. Yeah. And your third one? Um, Eve from Wally. Because you see her spin, and, like, she sends everyone flying. And she could probably kill someone, but... <laughs> I don't think that's a basketball trait. Hey, hey, people lose a head in, in Space Jam. What's true? They can lose yeah. eyeballs too. I would say one, one maybe negative point for Eve, very short arms and not much in the way of hats. She's got like little hands, right? Yeah, but, but like, she be good like distraction. She put the ball inside of her. Yeah. Like she does with her. She'd be very useful on the team. I don't know if she'd be scoring a lot of points, but no, yeah, I think she'd be like that. Stretching one. Because you can get someone behind her where she spins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she'd be good at blocking as well because she can fly anyway. My last one's Mirage from Transformers. Oh, which, which, from the from the film, from Rise of the Beasts? Yeah. Well, that, that character, but yeah. the animated version of it. You know, yeah, well, he's animated in the film, isn't he? So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he could transform, he can like make mob themselves. Oh, yeah, and I thought like he can make mob of himself. If you're, yeah. if you're him, he can make a mob of you. He's also <laughs> very big. Um, He's not yeah. Gertie the dinosaur big, but he's very big. Yeah, and you can just get everyone inside of him and make mob of yourself, drive up to the score. No one's going to know which one's which. That's so, very well thought through. Yeah, see? So, recap yours of Baymax, Spider Man. Eve and Mirage. Yep. Very robot heavy. Three out of four yeah. robots. Yeah, robots can't be like easily get poked and sort of trying. So it's true. Mine are all mixed. Um, so I've gone Iron Giant for the sheer uh, sound. Robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I'll fit inside the building. You're not going to get him off the ball either, are you? You're not going to get him out either or inside. Um, then I've gone Roger Rabbit for. Partly for the comedy thing, but also because he's very like energetic. robust and quite like energetic, energetic and like sort of over the top. And yeah, he's nimble, isn't he? he can yeah, fast. plus he can jump because he's a rabbit. Some in the film, he gets grabbed by the throat. I think someone would do that and chuck him. Then up. I thought because I was thinking, I was thinking something who might be good at basketball, and then I thought Tarzan because mm. he does all the like the um, essentially like free running type swinging sort of stuff. I thought it'd be quite good. If you could get him to do it with a ball, he could run up. Yeah, good and dribbling, I think. Yeah. And then my final one is Genie from Aladdin. I mean, that's the game breaker. I mean, that's, yeah, <laughs> because, do whatever. Because he can do basically anything. You have free wishes. And what you said about multiplying himself, he can do that. He'll be able to just move around the court wherever he wants. He can basically do everything. So he's winning. No, but if you only have free wishes. 
Just get the lamp. But I've got four teammates. <laughs> That's five wishes. Oh, so you make the wish. Then, then Roger Rabbit. So you say, I wish for you to score three points. I wish for you to score three points. I wish for you to score three points. You've got nine points. Hey, then well, Roger I'm Rabbit like runs, rubs the lamp. He does it all again. But I just I, say I wish for us to win the basketball game. Actually, oh, I, yeah, fair enough. You actually don't have 12 issues. You only have nine because Iron Giant can't speak proper English. It's oh, a good point as well. What is he going to say? A Superman. Now, I will say this, though. I think Roger Rabbit could be your Achilles heel because he will deliberately cost you the game if it would be funny. Like, yeah. if you're in a situation where you're about to win, but you could lose in oh, a very shit. amusing, ironic fashion, Roger Rabbit would do everything he can to make that happen. But he'd also do the opposite. I just yeah. if it was If it was funny to win in that scenario, he'd also I do I think he's a liability. He oh, possibly yeah. is, but I just also thought, I was thinking of, like, the characters that were in Space Jam, I thought... Dad, you don't want me... He would be a really cool addition sort of thing. Also, you don't go against my teammates because three of them have guns. We're not going to shoot each other. It's basketball. <laughs> hey, they, someone get lost their head in it. Bast- you never know what happens. Oh, you know what pull a, What happens if you pull a gun on the Iron Giant, though? He's going yeah. AWOL. He's going after you. Yeah. Well, he's not going to fit in. He's going to cut the roof off. Admittedly, in Baymax, you've got a medic. So Yeah. And he's, he's Iron Giant, I'm pretty sure, is, is in Space Jam 2 as well. As a, as, a, as a spectator, not as a participant. How do you, how do you get in the building? Do you have to cut the roof off? Oh, it's outdoors. We thought about that. It's outdoors in Space Jam 2. Good, because I was saying, I think you have to, like, like pack them. So, we'll leave that question there. Just a few questions yeah. for you, really, as we finish on the coffees, I was thinking of, as we are doing it. Um, obviously, you're massively into animation. Are all your favourite films animated? Oh. oh no, I don't think so. I I like a lot of movies. Um, yeah, I I I I don't really compare them. I would have, I've got a, I have like a ranking of all my animated movies on Letterboxd. So I think I, I kind of actively kind of rank those. I do have like a top five animated films. I wouldn't even have like a joint top five because I just think of them in in totally different ways. So I I would have like a. Like, I think my favorite film of all time. I think I think the best film ever made is "Do the Right Thing" by Spike Lee. I just oh, think right, okay. I know abs- it. Yeah, no, I just think that's absolutely exemplary in every way. It's just everything I love about cinema. But I, the the stuff that you can do with animation just completely goes beyond anything even a genius like Spike Lee can achieve with a camera and a set. You know, so I. I'm not saying that like, animation is by default always going to be better because it's obviously there's a lot of bad animation, but um, I wouldn't compare them because they're the peak of what you can do with well, That kind of leads me into the next sort of thing. Do you think... I was going to say, what's your favourite era of animation? And then what I was also going to say, a question to that is, do you think at the moment there's been a very... There's been a... A dip. A, no, I think the opposite. I think what some of the animation that has come out the good stuff is exceptionally good. Yeah, it's um, we're at a really good point at the minute in terms of like mainstream Hollywood stuff. It w- it could be entering a really significant like golden age um, because it's the post Spider Verse thing, and I think 
so far we've seen a lot of movies that have come out after Spider-Verse that aren't trying to do exactly what Spider-Verse does, but they're taking the lessons that Spider-Verse taught us that 3D animation doesn't have to look realistic, basically, and they're doing their own things with it. So we've got the Ninja Turtles movie that's about to come out. Oh, it doesn't which apparently, bad. I was going to say, which from what I've heard is meant to... It's the reviews have started to come out of it. It's meant to be actually really good. Yeah, it doesn't look like Spider Verse, but you can't imagine it coming out before Spider Verse. Yeah. It's, it it's taken. Yeah, yeah, it's like scratchy and it's cool and it's stylized. And if you compare it to even like the other animated Ninja Turtles movies that have come out, it just looks so much more interesting. Like Puss in Boots Two, you compare that to Puss in Boots One, it just looks so much cooler. Again, inspired by Spider Verse, but not imitating it um and yeah i think people have just been woken up to the possibilities of what you can do with computer animation because like, if you think about when you've got us off on a i'm gonna go on forever now if you think about when 3d animation first became a thing in film in movies with like toy story and then that first run of amazing pixar movies and yeah. some good stuff from elsewhere like shrek and stuff like that um there was some really good movies being made in that medium, but they all look basically the same. And one thing I love about animation is that it can tell really good stories. But the other thing I love about animation is it can look like anything you want. And it feels like in Hollywood, the imagination has only recently been unlocked of like, what can we actually do with computers? Not everything has to look like a Pixar movie. It can look like anything we want. So visually and hopefully narratively as well, we're, we're in, I hope we're about to enter a, a golden age of Hollywood animation. I, I keep saying Hollywood because obviously people have been doing incredible things all around the world forever. But the history of Hollywood animation is very much peaks and troughs. Like it was great in the 30s and 40s and 50s. And then it was pretty poor until the 90s. And then it was, it kind of lost steam for a while until a few years ago. So yeah, I think it's, it, I forgot the first question. That was a two-part question. That's um, the second part. What was I going to say? I can't remember which one. I was on that. Um, it was obviously, what, what, oh, it was, what's your favourite era of it? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, again, if we're talking like Hollywood animation, like American animation, I do love, I do love what we'll call the golden age, which is like 30s, 40s, 50s where all these Looney Tunes characters come from. And again, we're not really talking about movies, though, right? A lot of these things were short films. Um, that's where the imagination was going on. The only people really consistently making movies were Disney, but that was a good run of movies, you know, like Snow White, Fantasia, Pinocchio, Dumbo, Bambi, all the way up to Sleeping Beauty. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd have to say that, because I think, and I've, I've learned this doing Disneyversity, and we've just finished the 90s, which is the other like real peak of Hollywood animation. It's like, I like these movies a lot, but they're a little bit less ambitious and a little bit more formulaic than what was going on in the 30s, 40s and 50s when people just couldn't stop discovering new things they wanted to do with this medium. Like, Walt Disney makes Snow White and does he just do that forever? No, he does like Fantasia like three years later, which is a kind of film that no one had ever seen before, you know? Um, the, the, the people were being a lot more inventive back in the day in Hollywood and again in like Japan for example they've never stopped but Hollywood because it's so commercially oriented often falls into like routine and formula do you think it was like seeing that shaking up now 
there was a spell with Pixel when they were quite smart at doing it, I think, where it almost felt like they were get. for me, a perfect example is The Incredibles, which obviously also ties into Iron Giant as the same director, isn't it? Um, yeah. Where it didn't feel like that could be made in another foot. Like it worked and it looked completely different than everything else that was done because it, it had like that 50s pop sort of. Yeah, yeah. And it had like a different look to it. And I do think that, there was points like that and where they seem to like almost get a direct I suppose Wally's another one and Rath too. They all very they all got a very different feel to you them. Have a tattoo of Wally. Yeah, yeah, I do have a tattoo of Wally on my leg, yeah. Um but where they were quite smart and they kind of almost let a director just do what they want. And it feels like recently it, I think there was a little spell with like maybe like the Lego movie where I think when everyone heard there was gonna be a Lego movie, they thought this is gonna be awful. And then it was kind of like, oh, actually, they've been really clever with what they've done with this. And it was kind of like appeal to a lot of people sort of thing. But didn't yeah. think it was. And then, like you say, with Spy. And then Mitchell's versus Machine that we watched yeah. uh, when that came out, which I think was unlucky it came out on Netflix because think, of COVID and everything. It just went one. straight to Netflix, didn't it? And I think that's very... That looks... I think the Turtles looks like that. There's one new film which came out, which I think is like a bit under... There was a film recently released called Nona, and that one was put, put a lot of people thought it was cancelled because Disney bought Blue Sky, and yeah. now it's Netflix, and it's one of my favorite films I've seen recently. I've not seen that. Oh, it's pretty oh, good. It's, it's it's good, man. It's really good. Yeah, Based it was. D- Disney shut it down when they bought Blue Sky because it's like, why do we need another animation studio? We've already got Disney. And we already have most of them one by accident. Huh? Yeah, we do. Accidentally bought this one. Well, yeah. you came in the package. Don't need you. Yeah, exactly. They bought it by accident, and they're like we don't need this. We'll shut it down and uh, cancelled it. It's, it's really good that someone's made in the morning, but I also think it's probably a better movie because they've had time to like go back to it and and think about it. Like it looks really cool and original, and I wonder if it was always meant to look like that, or if that's something they decided when they realised yeah. they had more time to do it. Or let's look at things like Spider-Verse and like Mitchell's and give it a more unique appearance. Apparently, it's not that it's... Because it's based on the webcomic. Apparently, it's, it's different, a lot different than the webcomic. Yeah. Not wait in, in, it's really good. It's really good. And, and you can get it. It's a webcomic, but you can get it as a book. Um, and it's... Have I got it in the room? I'm looking around. No, it might be, it might be next door. Uh, no, uh, but it's it, it it is it is very good and it's very different and it, in some ways the book's better and in some ways the film's better. So I would definitely recommend yeah. the book as well. That's not on your watch list now, isn't it? Probably. Yeah. Oh, I've watched it with Mum and she twice and she me and her both loved it. Oh, you got any questions for them? No. Uh, there it is. Found it. I, I need to get it. I'm waiting for my to come. It's still not came yet. It's... You have an order, have you? Yeah. Oh, is that what you, what you got your mum to order? Yeah, and it, it, it went out of stock, so my mum's got this from somewhere, which I need to ask her about. Cause All right. Okay. I keep asking um, her randomly. So, I mean, just anything you want to plug, anything you want to tell us about coming up? Oh, just what I've said, um, Disneyversity podcast and Disneyversity live at King's Place uh, coming soon. Mm-hmm or a Saturday the 9th of September, yeah. So, again, if you like this, listen to the podcast. If you like the podcast, listen, uh, go and come and come and see us live in London. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. We've got a few other things on the horizon, but nothing we're going to actually... I'm, I'm looking forward to when you do Tangled. Yeah. Um, 
Well, again, that's oh, that's that's only like maybe ten movies away. It won't be too long. It's a personal opinion. I think it's better than Frozen. That's just. Dad, I, you can't say that. You're gonna I get agree. Him. I've had a lot of arguments on Twitter about that. Well, friendly. Arguments. I, I think it's. I think it was. It. I think Frozen was a, a film that hit at the right time. Hit. Yeah. It's like I always argue that Lion King is great, but it, it never lives up to the first scene. The Lion King yeah, is yeah. incredible and one of the most yeah. amazing animated moments. And so if you've seen the yeah. musical, it's one of the best moments ever in a musical when yeah. they do that. But the film never lives up to the rest of the... Because it's so clever, Alex done it's like so emotive and stuff like that. And I, um, it's one of those things where I think Frozen just hit the right market for fan base was there for Disney princess market the merchandise and everything hit right and really Tangled is just as good if not better I, I mean the mu- the music in Frozen is better um but my my instinct is that I prefer Tangled I might change my mind when I rewatch them but generally I think I prefer that film um uh, yeah you used to call it hair yeah <laughs> when he was younger you no know, he used to call it just to like Beauty and the Beast was teapot was that actually? It was, yeah, but you used to remember. Like, that, that's really funny because that's kind of what Disney have done anyway. Because Tangled was supposed to be called Rapunzel and Frozen was supposed to be called the Snow Queen, but they were just like, ah, Tangled, Frozen. That's kind of like you saying, hair, ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not too far off. When you were younger, you watched. I'm probably... not sure when Tangled came out, but it couldn't have been long after you. Probably 2010. Not. So, yeah, he was born in 2009. So, it was like one of the first ones you probably really watched. And you used to watch it all the time. Hair. That and like I say, um, Beat the Beast, those were the two you used to watch all the time. People were confused though when in public they just hear someone say hair. Well, like, there was a movie called Hair, it's a very different movie. Yeah. You could try and watch that. I think that might be for all is the people. Yeah, it is. If it's the one I think it is. But um, Dude, yeah, I don't trust you anymore after you watch me books a bunny film. Which- oh, what he's on about. I made him watch Watership Down. That's an like animated him. movie we covered. This is why I'm harsh to him. And he was like, why is everyone dying? <laughs> yeah, because you see the bunnies dying. You know my crypt. And everyone, when I I used to, I don't do it anymore, but we used to post like images on to, sit, to suggest what we were watching to people. And when everyone realised we were watching Watership Downs, the response was, why are you making him watch that? It's going to scare him. Yes, it did. Yeah. You, you know my weakness. I don't quite humans. I only quite robots and animals dying. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I, uh, I wrote something for a book about Watership Down as well, but that's uh, that's upstairs, I think. You can link to that in your description link. if you want. I think the links you need down. <laughs> All these links to these things that he doesn't know where I can get them. But... Well, no, actually, the Watership Down book is open access, which means it's an academic book where you can just read it for free on the internet. Um, it's called Watership Down. It's edited by uh, Catherine Lester. Um and it's yeah, it's got a chapter by me in it. So you can read that one for free on the on the I think it's Bloomsbury on Bloomsbury's website. So, but my book is expensive. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so that's basically it from the podcast. I just want to say thanks a lot for coming on. Um, uh, thanks for having me. I've had a great time. It. Um, anything you want to say? No. Have you enjoyed it? Yeah. <laughs> nice um, to meet you. Do you want to say bye to the world? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.